0: This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Off and running on this Saturday, October 7th? Yes, it's October 7th. Nailing things left and right, right at the start of the show. Yes, it is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Oh, my goodness, man, do we have enough. So much to do in the course of three hours. So much, too much to do. And, of course, the number you know, one 800 919 ESPN. You can uh, find me on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Dammer. You can find me on TikTok at Old Man Radio. But most importantly, you can find me right here on your radio until noon. And by the time it is all said and done, by the time we roll through these three hours on a rainy, disgusting kind of Saturday morning, we will find some common ground with the New York Jets. Sports Talk Radio is all about disagreement, all about opinions, all about hot takes. Today, I like to bring people together. We will come to some common ground when it comes to the New York Jets. But we got to tackle the Giants. A week ago at this time, I said, Giant fans are about a week away from full-blown panic. And sure enough, we are in the mode. Giant fans are in the mode of full-blown panic but we'll hit some baseball stuff Hal Steinbrenner clearly thinks Yankee fans are idiots 10 30 we'll get to uh, what I learned on TikTok 11 o'clock NFL picks is this the week we finally turn it around a week ago I was kind of hoping that was the week no it wasn't the, it was not the week but we'll get to that as well plus this week's what I learned on TikTok might actually spur a second segment we'll we'll see it's kind of up to Harvey and Joe, who I got to be honest, let you in like behind the scenes. Harvey and Joe, I don't know if it's the weather, I don't know if it's the the Giants' season, the Jets' season spiraling out of control, but they are not, they are not in good spirits today. Maybe that it's the is show. incorrect. That that maybe it's me, maybe it's something I've done. I'm not aware. I'm a pretty self aware guy, but uh, they are uh, they have not brought their normal energy. But we'll get to that. But let's get started at the beginning let's get started with the NFL let's get started with the New York Jets because this Jets game this week is very much a bottom line kind of game and it's hard to believe that we could still be looking at bottom line kind of games after the way the season has gone so far and after last week there are a wide range of opinions on the team uh, on the quarterback on the future. But no matter where you come from or where you're on any part of the Jets, optimism, pessimism, somewhere in between, there's no way we cannot all agree that if the Jets this week do not go into Denver and beat the Broncos, the season, for all intents and purposes, is over. Right? Like, we can agree on that. And we can all agree— It doesn't matter how it happens. If the Jets go to Denver and don't win that game, I don't care what scenario you want to draw up. It's a field goal as time expires. Uh, The the refs screwed us. Uh, uh, Oh, it was just an all-world performance by the Denver. I don't... If aliens come out of the sky and suit up as member of the Denver Broncos... I don't care how it happens. The Jets must win this game. No ifs, ands, or buts. If you're going to have anything to play for the rest of the way. And look, you could go win this game, and still the season spirals out of control. But there's no scenario where you go out to Denver, lose, and... You really have anything to play. And I'm not even saying playoff chase. Again, I'm not saying that if you win this game, all of a sudden, hey, print the playoff tickets or the playoff chase is on. But it's a very bottom line game. The Jets have to beat the Broncos for them to have really anything to play for the rest of the way. There's no one who can possibly disagree with that. Well, the schedule gets easier. It it doesn't matter you are probably not going to have an easier game left this year than beating the Broncos, who have been god-awful and have stunk to high heaven. So if you, it's almost like the situation the Giants were in a week ago. Uh, now, the Giants were in the position with a better team in Seattle, but if, if you're not going to beat them and you view yourself as a playoff team, who are you beating? Who are you beating? So this is a very much bottom line kind of game for the Jets. And it is also a very much bottom line game for Zach Wilson. What Zach Wilson did last week against Kansas City, I got to be honest with you, it floored me. I feel like I've been around the block a time or two. I've seen a thing or two. And yet that performance against Kansas City was so out of the blue. Even now, days later, a week later, I, I still kind of have a hard time believing that it actually happened. So he has to go out this week and show you that that was not some kind of bizarre fluke. Because last week for Zach Wilson, for all the criticism I've given him, he looked absolutely incredible. That's what you would think the second pick in the draft would look like. He looked so much better Last week, that at any point of his Jets career, if you were to put together a highlight package so far of Zach Wilson's career in the NFL, all the highlights would come from that game or just about all the highlights would come from the same game. That performance for the Zach Wilson truthers would be like if Bigfoot showed up at the Super Bowl. All of a sudden, the the halftime show, here comes Bigfoot. That's what that performance looked like. There's no way you can say that his performance last week was not eye-opening if you sat there and watched it. It was absolutely eye-opening because you're thinking, where did this ever possibly – we've never seen even really hints of this. He looked looked aggressive. He looked confident. He looked accurate, clearly, and it was not – We've seen quarterbacks kind of have performances out of the blue, but it's kind of a fluky pass play here. Uh, He hits one pass and it goes for 70 yards. That was not what happened last week. But much like the Jets have no excuses on Sunday, Zach Wilson has no excuses on Sunday. He has to go out there and play well. He He can't be the issue. He can't regress. We can't go backwards to where the pass rush comes, if a pass rush ever does come, and he's running backwards, and he's missing guys in the flat. Can't go back. We have to see what happened last week was real. And there's absolutely no reason that if Zach Wilson has turned the corner, as some people believe, that he does not go out there and exploit a Denver defense that is, what, like last in every category. They're last in scoring. They're last in total defense. They're last in yards per play. And this the, the fact that this could still go a variety of ways is pretty incredible considering how negative the season has been so far. But it can go in a variety. Zach could go out there, play mediocre and the Jets' win. That would be okay. He can go out there and play great in the Jets' win. He could go out there, revert to how he's been and the Jets' lose. But what you can't say is, They can't go out there, lose the game, be sitting at one and four with the Eagles coming up and say that either A, the season's salvageable, or really B, the quarterback is salvageable. This is very much a bottom line kind of week for the Jets. There's no reason why they should not be able to take advantage of a Denver Broncos team whose offense is improved from where it was last year. But their defense has got awful. This is the kind of game that is, if you can't win this one, what are you winning? And if Zach Wilson can't go to Denver and follow up what he did last week, which again, came completely out of the blue, it's really hard, even with the most creative imagination of the world, to think that the Jets are going to have really anything to play for the rest of the way. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. So look, all props and praise to Zach Wilson for last week against the Chiefs, even though it was a game they lost, and even though it was a game that he sealed the deal with that fumble. But all credit to him to put up a performance that I did not think was possible, big praise. And there's plenty of reasons for optimism for this week based on that Chiefs performance, based on the opponent, based on on what you got coming up here. There is one kind of minor concern that I would have if I were a Jet fan when it comes to quarterback and when it comes to coaching staff for this week. And I'll tell you what that is coming up. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. I really do feel like I come at, at these things from a very fair point of view. And I would defy anyone to show me any receipts of where I have been a Jets troll in the past. Currently, I was very optimistic about this season until four plays in. And even after that. We ran the algorithm again. I gave you, what was it, 9.2 wins? I saw that the, the Jets had the possibility. Now, that was very high end, but still. And um, if they're going to get to anywhere close to nine wins, this is this is obviously weak that they they must, must win this game. There is absolutely no reason why they should lose this game if they're going to have anything to play for the rest of the way. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York, one 800 espn is the telephone number. And look, and this is a bottom. This is a bottom line week for everybody regarding the Jets coaching staff, the defense. I, I don't want to hear, "Hey, Russell Wilson's looked a whole lot better." If the Jets defense is a top five defense, if the Jets defense is a playoff defense, as I hear all the time, there's no reason why they're not going into Denver and showing that with their pass rush, getting some turnovers, all those types of shutting down the run, everything. So this is very much. A a bottom line kind of week. And as I said before, the Jets could go out, open it up in a game, and it goes back to, you know, Zach Wilson goes back to where he was. But last week, and my my concern for this week would be, is we saw last week Zach Wilson have his best performance. He looked like a real live NFL quarterback. Decisive, accurate, making tight throws aggressive throws, tight window throw. So the Jets finally trusted him. But my, my concern would be is that game they had absolutely nothing to lose, right? You're playing the Chiefs on a Sunday night, nobody expects the Jets to win that game outside of the most like optimistic Jet fan in the world, and you're down 17 nothing. The first, what did the, I think the Jets went three and out on like the first three drives of the game. It would they were going nowhere. And then all of a sudden, out of the it was like a genie popped up out of a lamp. And it felt like that they thought to themselves, well, we're not gonna hold anything. We can't hold anything back. We got nothing to lose. We got no expectations. So let's let Zach go out there and fling it around. And look at that. It was like they discovered plutonium by accident. But this week, there are expectations. This week there is some pressure on everybody, on the coaching staff, on the quarterback. Because, again, there's, there's zero reason not to beat the Broncos. So I would be a little concerned that the coaching staff this week would try to manage the situation a little bit more and they're not just going to go and fling the ball out. Sometimes when there's a little bit of pressure, people don't respond well to that pressure. They get, they get conservative. They get tightened up. And they're not just going to let Zach go out there and open things up and, and at least risk the possibility that he turns back into a pumpkin. So the Jets can win games with with defense and Zach not making a lot of mistakes, but last week it was okay to kind of throw caution to the wind. This week I I would be a little um hesitant to think that they were going to do that same thing again, and I think at this point if you really if you truly do believe in Zach as much as you say you believe in Zach, there's no reason why you wouldn't going up against a defense that has been uh, as horrendous as the Broncos' defense. Again, they're like last in every... I, I saw a stat that they've had the first four weeks are like the worst four weeks of any defense of the last 25 years. But if you're the Jets' coaching staff, who all of a sudden might... like the You thought that the season might be snuffed out, and then all of a sudden there's a little glimmer of hope, even though last week was a loss and you're 1-3 and three, and the schedule's still tough the second half... All of a sudden, you got a little a little spark, and it is, is that one little spark, that one, that one game from last week, is that enough to regain trust and wipe away the previous 25 games that you've seen from Zach Wilson? We shall see. We shall see. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. Let's start things off on the phones. Let's start things with uh, Eric is in the Bronx. Eric, what's going on? Good morning.
1: Hey, Gordon. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, Eric. All right, so I, I agree with everything you're saying 100%, but this game is really, really about the defense. Uh, you talked about uh, it's like a genie popped up in, the, in that last game. It wasn't a genie. It was Bryce Huff created a safety to get some momentum. That's a perfect segue into what I really want to discuss. During hard knocks during the summer, They talked about Franklin Myers beefing up to 296 pounds, I think it is, and how they were going to play him more as a defensive tackle this year. Every single game, they start him at the edge, and every single game, whether it's Pacheco running wide to his side for over 200 yards to Kansas City Chiefs, whether it's Josh Allen breaking containment in game one, and that game turned around when Bryce Huff was inserted and played more in the second half, I, I'm trying to figure out why the coaching staff hasn't figured out yet that Franklin Myers is too slow to play on the edge, and that their best lineup is when he plays defensive tackle along with Quinnen or whoever else is inside. Uh, they really, it's it's honestly, it's really about the defense. Zach's going to be fine. I think they figured it out. I, I totally, I I have trust that Hackett now is not going to play conservative anymore. But, really, they need to concentrate on this defense because, like you said, 17 nothing, And every single week, I'll give you something, Gordon. The last 10 games, right, they lost the last six. They lost out. And then one in three this year. I saw an article or something. I forgot where I saw it. Do you know what all 10 of those games have in common? The Jets have never led with time on the clock in any of the last 10 games. Obviously, they beat Buffalo in the opener with no time on Mm -hmm. the clock. Right. Salah's mantra of deferring every week, you're going to score on us the first. I don't care who we're playing. You're putting a field goal or seven points up against our quote-unquote great defense, which is slightly overrated, okay? More on scheme, not on talent. It's, it's more about his scheme. How about you take the ball this week? If there was ever a week to take the ball, can we play from ahead once and see what that might actually do for the defense? But please, if you could comment on my Franklin Myers and – uh comment uh i'm telling you it's it's a major issue i'm gonna hang up and listen
0: thanks all right eric thanks for the phone call uh look um i I like your point about taking the ball you're right uh if you are a big believer in zach wilson and and i I gotta be honest it does feel like there's a portion of people they're like uh, the kid with adhd uh that that, like they just fall for whatever the new shiny object to think that, that based on one performance that zach wilson now is going to be fine he had one Good game. You can't say it's a great game. He had a couple of great drives, but it wasn't a complete great game. Um, To think now all of a sudden, well, they they flip the switch, and it's onward and upward. Uh, It does feel, and it happens with my team too, right? Dolphins go out and score 70 points against the terrible Broncos defense, and all of a sudden, whoa, they could be Super Bowl contenders. Guys, stop it. Stop. It's ridiculous. I'm interested to see. I think it's. At least now you can have a, a, a confident opinion. All right, at least let's find out if Zach is, is has turned the corner. To say that he has simply turned the corner for sure, um, I, I think is 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 jumping the gun a little bit. And and Jet fans have a tendency to jump the gun a little bit. I, I would I would hold off on that one just yet. And that's why I think that this week there's there's no reason why he does. But he could go out there look good again this week. And he still hasn't turned the corner based on who you're playing this week. There's no, it, the, the, you could not possibly be worse than the Broncos' defense. In terms of the, the John Franklin Meyer, you're right. I mean, there was this stat that came up this week that no, uh, there's two teams that have not played an offensive snap with a lead so far this year, uh, the Jets and the Giants. So, um, yeah, I would I, I, be lying to you if I said that I'm watching the defensive line rotations that closely enough. But, yeah, it would be nice to see the Jets go out there and get a lead early on, and they have put it on the defense. A lot of teams do. They like getting the ball in the second half. They like making those adjustments. But I, I, I do think that there's some value in let's get the ball, let's score right away, let's, let's leave no doubt. This is that kind of game, or it should be that kind of game for the Jets, which is hard to say when you're 1-3, and three, but if you were ever going to draw up a scenario where your, your quarterback, you can give him some more confidence – this would be the week to do that. This is the opponent to do that. Let's go out to uh, Ira's in Staten Island. Ira, what's going on, my man?
2: Yeah, good morning, Gordon. How are you? I'm good. You know, yeah, it's funny how it's funny how you're going off to Denver and pretty much your season, if you're going to have much of a season, really all banks on this game. I thought the Patriot game was huge, but this is even bigger. And listen, I got to see, you know, I got to see Wilson string together four to a half a dozen games before I feel a lot more comfortable. But I, I, that previous caller made some excellent points. And I'll tell you the truth, regardless how the Jets play, and I think they're going to try to get the game, running game going, I think this game's really going to come down to the defense. Um, as much as you want to say about the Broncos or Russell Wilson, Wilson's putting up good numbers. And you got Eccles down, you got DJ Reed down. Um, the Jets, uh, they've got off to slow starts defensively. So, uh, to me, I'm a little more concerned about the defense this week than Zach Wilson because I think it's going to be more of a running attack anyway.
0: Well, look, Ira, you, you might be right, and thanks for the phone call. Um, the, the defense, uh, it's seen as um, that it's this pillar, and it's this the, the, they, they match up against anybody. And, and some of that comes from from their own comments in the offseason, oh, we going to match up with the 85-beard. Here's the deal. Has Russell Wilson played better this year than last? Yes. He was God awful last year and he's been, he's been functional so far this year. Again, it's not like you're taking on some top flight offense. It's not like you're taking on the greatest show on turf. So I'm going into this expecting that the defense will be able to, to hold them in check. I'm expecting the defense to go out there and, and, and do what it's supposed to do. They've, they've so far played four games on the season They had a miracle, the Broncos, had a miracle comeback against the Bears, a game they should have lost there. They scored 33 on the Commanders, who we saw Thursday night are are a complete fraud. And in the other two games, they scored, what, 16 against the Raiders and 20 against Miami. It's not like it's some great offense. It's better, and I think that's really where it it, it focuses on. It's been better than it's been last year, but it's still not good. It's still not uh, anywhere close to elite. So I, I expect going in, if the Jet defense is not going to be able to hold this thing in check, again, it's very much bottom line. This is the kind of a Again, like look at the Jets schedule. Look at the NFL. If you're not going into Denver and beating them, who are you beating? Are you gonna beat the Eagles in a week? You're gonna beat the Chargers in a couple of weeks? You're gonna beat the Bills? You're gonna beat the 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 Patriots at the end of the season? You're gonna beat the Dolphins either of those games? Like, this is the kind of game that you have to Go out and 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 I'm not going to say dominate because I don't know if the Jets are at that level yet, but there's no reason not to. One eight hundred nine one nine ESPN is the telephone number. James is in Queens. James, what's going on, man?
3: What's up, Gordon, How you doing, man?
0: I'm good. James, what's up?
3: Yeah, man. I just like to think every everything is just everybody's just a prisoner of the moment. From Justin Field to to Zach Wolf. you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. oh, one no, big absolutely. game and every. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, yeah, they're back. You know what I mean? Just to feel, yeah, he's the, the <laughs> – they're ready to get rid of him. Now he's like, oh, no, he's the franchise quarterback. You know what I mean? So I think we're just – even the green, even Mike Greenberg, he's like, oh, man, look at Zach. He's playing – you know what I mean? So I think everybody's so reactionary. But I think it's – I mean, I understand, though, just the time that – how we consume uh, sports and everything. You know what I mean? Everybody got a platform. But I think this this game with the Jets – I think it's personal between both coaches, and obviously the the, the team both teams are going to play you know like crazy for their quarterback. So I don't know. I think honestly, bro, I think I think I think Denver going to win though. All right, I'm gonna hang up and listen.
0: All right, James. Well, look, uh, we'll get to our NFL picks, and uh, based on how we've done so far this year, uh, Jet fans probably should want me to be picking against them because uh, we've not I'm, we. I have not done uh, a very good job. I I blame Harvey and Joe's influence. Uh, You know, it's a very collaborative show, and uh, I like to take the opinions of others. So uh, when things go wrong, I'm going to blame them. How dare they? Big jerks. Uh, No, but uh, in in terms of the Jets, this game, I I, I mean, again, when you take a look at what Denver has done so far this year, it's nothing great. It's better than it was, but it was because last year, they were kind of like the laughing stock. They were uh, everything with with Nathaniel Hackett as the coach, and and, and it, was, it was a disaster. So I don't know necessarily that it's it's turned around. They're certainly not good, and on defense they're they're horrendous. Uh, and I would think that it's going to be personal. So if the Jets have the opportunity to kind of pile things on, I mean the Jets have they've had a a rough go. they got a lot of frustration that they would like to work off somewhere after these last couple of years. And and this would be, uh, in terms of opponents the rest of the way, and in terms of of the storylines going in, uh, this would be the one to do it. This would be a good one to do it. And, And then all of a sudden, there is such a difference between one and four and two and three. Two and three, I'm not telling you, again, that the season is salvaged or playoffs here we come. But at 1-4, and four, I can tell you that's out. There's, there's no salvaging the season then. There's no playoffs or, or um, uh, playoff push, important games, in Dece- none of that. You have to be able to go out there and win this game. And going up against this defense, if the quarterback, what happened last week, is for real, there's, there's absolutely no reason that you can't follow that up. You couldn't draw up a better opponent to show that. Than the, than the Broncos and their defense. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, more of your phone calls coming up. we get into the Giants. Oh, my God. Have, did the Giants have a week? Who boy. The Giants had a week. We'll get into that week next. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. I always love when people, oh, I can't wait for the fall. I love the fall. This is what the fall looks like, people. Rain, disgusting, wet leaves on the ground. When do we change the clocks? That thing happens. It's just like depression central. All of a sudden, it's getting dark at 4 o'clock. Ugh, It's dark when you wake up. It's dark when you, go, when you get home from work. Terrible. Speaking of terrible, last week at this time, we sat here getting ready for a big week in the NFL. Jet game against Kansas City. Giants Monday night football against Seattle. And, and back then I said, Giant fans, they're concerned about the season. But there's a difference between being concerned and full-blown panic. And I thought that the Giants were, their fans were one loss away from full-blown panic. And they went out Monday night. And boy, oh boy, they did everything they could do to get Giant fans to full-blown panic welcome <laughs> like fantasy island welcome my friends to full-blown panic the season's over the quarterback stinks the offense is awful the coach questions about coach the coach questions about the gm the defense the season the few it's like that scene in my cousin Vinny. lisa i don't need this right now i got a judge just aching to throw me in jail i got an idiot that wants to fight me for two hundred dollars. Slaughtered pigs, loud, giant, loud whistles. Your biological clock. That's where Giant fans are at right now. What else can we pile on to this poop sandwich to make it any worse? Is it possible to make it any worse? Well, I have some advice for Giant fans, and they're not going to want to hear it. G- generally, advice you you don't want to hear. Advice you you want to think that you've got it under control, but sometimes you need somebody from outside of the situation to kind of step into the situation to kind of give you some guidance. So if, if, if you are willing to hear this advice, this is what it would be. This year and the way this has gone, this is probably for the best. I get that last year was fun. It was exciting. But we can clearly now see with just a tad bit of hindsight that last year was a complete mirage. It was not real. And that makes sense. Of course, last year was a mirage. You've been an organization for the previous like seven or eight years. You were averaging four wins. And then all of a sudden, without really being able to tear things apart or, or really start over, you took what was available to you that was, was a lot of scrap heap pieces And you turn around and you win nine games out of the blue. Oh, my God. Where did this come from? Well, we now know it was a fluke. It was a fluke. And and really, in terms of the long-range prospects of the organization, last year was like the worst thing that really could happen to you long term. In the moment, it was great. In the moment, it felt like love. Sometimes love is that way. It feels like love in the moment. But what did that end up doing? Well, it was fun while it lasted. But it created completely false expectations. I mean, think about the things that we were saying. Hey, this Darren Waller act. Oh, boy, this is going to open things up. Have the Giants closed the gap on the Cowboys and Eagles? These are things we were saying out loud. I think they could be a playoff team again.. They've they really put together a, a real foundation of success here. No, it wasn't it wasn't based on an easy schedule and, and winning, winning some games and down the stretch. No no, this is this is for real. This is real love. Evan Neal's going to take a big step forward this year. I think they could win 910 games. No, I mean, what were we thinking? I blame myself. what was I thinking? What was I thinking? Close the gaps on the on the Cowboys and the Eagles. They've been one of the worst organizations in the sport. They didn't get to really make that many changes based on the cap and the situation they walked in. I'm not going to completely blame them for it, but I, I don't know what I don't know what I was thinking. Because clearly, they are they, they, the the heavy lifting is still to be done. Is clearly still to be done, and this what this season looks like it's going to turn out to be, which is as bad a team as there is in the sport, picking top five, top six in the draft, if not higher, it's probably the best thing. It's probably the best. You don't want to be mediocre bad. You want to be all the way bad. You want to be full in, both feet, jumping in, be bad, embrace bad. Because if there's any way out of this, I would think that bottoming out Having a bunch of of picks and, and 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 moving forward and trying to find some foundational pieces, uh, that's the way forward. It's going to take more than a year. You don't turn around a situation like the Giants clearly now in a year, and and, and again, like last year was the worst. Thing, false expectations that was bad, and you also re-signed the quarterback. Now you're not locked into him for for really long. term. you're locked in for for this year and next year. But again, if last year went the way this year is going, you would be out on that. You, 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 you almost certainly would not have re- brought back Daniel Jones and signed him to a contract that's $40 million a season. So I would say it's not what you're going to want to hear, but it, it's, it's what's the reality. And it's kind of impossible to, you may as well just embrace reality because it, it doesn't really feel like there's much of a way out of that. And if there is going to be a way out of that, it's going to be based on Joe Shane kind of getting this team to have more talent, uh, Brian Dable to to be doing a better job coaching whatever talent they do have. I don't think that they're this talentless. I don't think that they're one in terms of just basic talent, that they're one of the worst teams in the sport. But I think they're a whole lot closer to that than they took a step forward or they've closed the gap on the top teams in their, in their their in their division. Because that's clearly not true. We only needed four games to know that wasn't true. And and maybe even less than that. 1 800 919 ESPN is the telephone number. 1 800 919 3776. All right, let's go back to the phones. We'll go to uh, Joe. Joe is in Wyckoff. Joe, what's going on, man?
1: Yeah, hi. Um, The reason I'm calling, actually, it's about the Jets, but it includes the Giants. Okay. Um, You know,. uh, I was listening to some stuff about the Giants. I'm a Jet fan, but I also like the Giants um, anomaly. But um, they're talking about Daniel Jones and how Andrew Thomas is out, and he doesn't have any confidence now in his line, and maybe that's why he played so poorly last week. But when I flip that on to Zach, I look and I go, okay, something else has happened too. Tipman moved to right guard. Vera Tucker to right tackle, Beckton to left. And the line looks so much better. And I think Tippman was huge. And I think Dwayne Brown has had, you know, has seen his best days. So I think it's a combination of those things that might have had uh, Zach play much better last week. What do
4: you think?
0: Well, I mean, it's certainly. I mean, if you're going to compare the two, and Joe, thanks for the phone call. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the the offensive line was not an issue, and that I think that that's where it starts. Forget about like getting it to be elite or getting it to be uh, above average. Just get it so that it's not an issue, and it wasn't an issue last week uh, for the Jets, and and that allowed Zach Wilson to um, to. to to help put him in position to have that performance, which, again, was eye-opening. The Daniel Jones one, I have not been one so far this year that is, has that is thought that Daniel Jones has been the primary problem, but it, it's it's clear to see he's not – it's almost impossible for him to be part of the solution, too, with, with as bad as the offensive line was uh, on Monday night. So, um, at this point, it, it, does, it definitely feels like the season – And it would almost have to be, right? Like, just just take yourself out of it. You're a giant fan. Take yourself out of it for a second. And let's remove the name of the team and and just kind of give you where the team and the, the organization has been. And then all of a sudden, they have this year last year that was completely out of the blue. And then you go back and you look at how, all right, they got some they got some good wins. That Raven win was a good win. The Packers was a good win when they beat them uh, in, in London. And Okay, fine. But it, it, it's clear that, that was, it, was a, it was a product of the schedule. Some bounces went their way. And now it's back to where it was. It, last year was the outlier. It was not the, the, the foundation of a new regime, and, and now this is what this is going to look like. We're, we're going to take it from here, and we're going to keep moving forward. No, you're kind of right back to where you were. And, and if you're going to get out of it, um it's really going to rely on on, on Joe Shane to do I think a better job. Ju- it's too early to really judge the GM too harshly because it's it's dependent if you're if you're digging out from being one of the worst teams in the sport, it's not just, hey, we we picked up this guy, we picked up that guy you're going to have to turn it around through the draft. And it's too early, I think, to judge Joe Shane on his draft picks. He's only been he's only had two drafts so far. I would say, and I don't know if anybody else has brought this up, it's not great that it looks like, at least so far, that, that Joe Shane kind of got taken to school by Joe Douglas in the draft two years ago. Like, they both had two picks in the top ten. The Jets got Sauce Gardner. The Giants got Thibodeau, who's been okay, you know. I I don't know that I'm ready to say that he's a foundational piece just yet. And then the other pick, the Giants took Evan Neal and the Jets got Garrett Wilson. Evan Neal, Evan Neal. I I heard his, why, why, why is his name, why is his name? Why am I thinking about Evan Neal? Oh, that's right. Oh, Evan Neal. He had a, boy, talk about a week, huh? In the steaming pile of what the giant season has become for any man to to stand out more than the rest. It's almost kind of impossible to do, but that's exactly what Evan Neal did this week. So coming up, we'll get into Evan Neal and the attention on him and what that means moving forward. We'll get more of your phone calls involved here as well. Just getting started, really. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Harvey, Joe, we've not spoken yet so far on the air at least. You guys, uh, are you is are you working your way into being enthused about the show? Or are you? Is it the weather? Is it? What's going on with you two today?
4: I think we're giving you space to be great. Is the way that I would phrase. it. it.
0: How's that worked out so far? Not.
4: You're doing a tremendous job.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's very nice. I don't. I don't really. I. I feel like it's very insincere the way you said that. But
4: you just don't like us. I'm. I'm starting what? to really. I'm starting to think about this now. I mean, you called us jerks earlier in the in the hour. Did I? I would hope so, unless I miss the dump button for some reason.
0: No, I don't think so. I would never say anything worse than jerks.
4: Well, not yet. We still got until noon.
0: It just feels like uh, that you guys, you don't have your usual, you usually come in on a Saturday filled with liquids and vinegar, if you know what I mean. You know, you usually come, uh, you're ready to fight, you're ready to, you got something good for me. You know what
4: it is? is? Eh, You like the weather. Well, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. Me and you are facing off tomorrow.
0: You are, oh, you mean giants, yeah, giants what do you think to, we're, we're just gonna problems.
4: meet each other on the street and just put the dukes up? No,
0: wow, I don't know the way you guys are reacting to the show it feels that way a little bit, it feels that way,
4: and I've heard nothing like the lack of trash talk between um hosts on this station and coworkers oh. is a bit upsetting to me
0: but why who who would be uh, involved in this trash talk? Well,
4: I mean, you and I can get into it, I mean, your uh-huh. team stinks,
0: right. As compared well, to mine. I, I, look, as, as much as you don't believe in your team, I don't believe in my team. But that's the even thing. with what I've seen so far this year, I don't still believe in my team. So I'm not going to be out there uh, in, engaging in trash talk for a thing that I, I feel like is is like a paper tiger, which it kind of feels like the Dolphins are.
4: You have the MVP favorite on your team.
0: I, I, again, NFL people, people who I guess it's based on uh, on people betting and fans. It's like they're the kid with ADD. They, they they just just jump from thing to thing and why would Tua be the MVP? They've surrounded him with all these unbelievably fast talented players.
4: I think he just answered your Like own why question. would
0: he be more of an MVP candidate than Brock Purdy? Is Brock Purdy uh, one of the favorites now for for MVP? I would hope so. He should be. I mean, he's he's been almost more impressive than Tua's been. So I I get it. The Dolphins scored seventy points in one game. You know how many? Like we were talking earlier about, if Zach Wilson had a highlight reel, that it would be uh, largely based on the, on the Chiefs game. If the Dolphins had a highlight reel, there would be a lot of September games in, involved in that highlight reel. Maybe some October, but mostly it would be September. Hot down in Miami. The other team has has difficulty adjusting to it. It's, it's, it's preposterous. And you look at the, the stupid power, power rankings. Uh, is there anything dumber that's been invented in the last 20 years than power rankings? Here's the power rankings for the NFL. Ready? It's four teams. It's the Niners. It's the Bills. It's the Chiefs. It's the Eagles. In some form, one through four. However you want to draw it up, I would draw it up that way. Niners, Bills, Chiefs, Eagles. And then it's everybody else everybody. So no, the Dolphins are not part of that right now. It's not, it's not time to, to to throw in the towel on the Bengals. I mean, again, it's just like people jump from shiny object to shiny object to shiny object. And, and maybe it is like living in the moment, like one of the callers brought up a very reactionary from week to week. And, and one game in the NFL means more than, than one game in the other sports. But geez, Louise. He's the MVP. Okay, yeah, go put your money down on that. Let's see how that turns out. I'm guessing it's probably not going to turn out. Speaking of not turning out. Uh, so we're talking about the Giants, one 800 espn is the telephone number. And, and look, um, I think that, th- that the way this season looks like it's going right now, where they just can't do anything, uh, especially on offense, and the offensive line has never looked worse. It's, it's almost like you have to, at some point, just kind of accept reality and realize what's best in the long... You, you, you never want to think about what's best in the long term. You want, to, you want to have fun in the moment. But in the long term for the Giants, this is probably... Because another year where you're kind of middle of the road and maybe the, 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 the bounces go your way again, we saw what happened last year. It was fun in the moment, but it, it didn't have any carryover. It, did, it wasn't real. It was a fluke. And, and it was the outlier. Uh, if you look at the giant seasons here over the last decade or so, it was an outlier. So one of the big hot topics of uh, attention this week, Evan Neal, and how he got to be that way, was if there was a clueless Hall of Fame, this guy could be a tour guide. After the comments he had uh, during the week about uh, giant fans, and of course, uh, what do they know? Their, their hamburger and hot dog flippers. And it would almost—it's almost impossible to believe that somebody could be as clueless as as his comments were, which again happened a couple of days after the game. If it had happened in the moment, right, like after a Monday night performance, which was a big game and, and the Giants laid an egg and and got destroyed, and the offensive line was terrible—not that it would be excusable, but at least it would be somewhat understandable. This was two days later that he had the comments, so you would just like kind of. Evan, you just got destroyed by Seattle at home. Your team has been a disaster. It's been one of the like the laughing stocks of the of the sport so far this year with how bad it's looked. The offensive line has been the worst part of the team. You're on the offensive line. You just scored 3 points and your quarterback got sacked what 10 times? Like what did you expect was going to happen? So the chances of him Yeah. And the chances of him ever not being the guy that made those comments seem pretty slim. And what's so weird is the entire offensive line has been a disaster, and and the, 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 multiple guys that are involved in. It. He's now the face of the disaster. He volunteered to make himself the 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 um, the, the poster child for the disaster. And it's funny because. His, his comments came from a place of, well, who cares what the fans think? I don't care what the fans think. Boo louder, right? Well, no, it's clear that he does care what the fans think because you've spent this much time thinking about it that you've created this narrative in your mind and, and felt like, okay, let's get this out there two days later. So it's clear that, no, he absolutely cares what people think. But the biggest concern is that right now the guy kind of stinks. And, and he's, he's been a bust so far. He was the seventh pick in the draft. And for an offensive line, which, I mean, how many times have we talked about the Giants' offensive line? And that he's not even part of the solution yet when he was the seventh pick in the draft, more so than the comments, that's the bigger concern. It would feel like with as bad as the Giant offensive line has been, you would be able to pick a guy up off the street and, and just slap him in there, and it would be an improvement. And it hasn't been. Certainly, if he's the seventh pick in the draft... It would we're not asking him to play left tackle, we're putting him at right tackle. And still, he's kind of not been uh, any part of the solution so far. Had a bad year last year, but got kind of hidden because of the team success. And then this year, you figure, all right, growing pains, got to improve. This is the year he'll take that step forward. Kind of like Andrew Thomas. Andrew Thomas had a rough first year, and then you saw that, no, this guy is what we thought he was with the fourth pick in the draft. Here's a guy you took with the seventh pick in the draft, and he's been... Uh, nothing but a concern. And it doesn't look like, at least so far, maybe, who knows, maybe this is the thing that will get him spurred and, and, and going in the right direction. But at least so far, it's been a complete bust.